Well, welcome to the Miami Church Podcast. My name is Greg, and I am so glad that you are listening right now. Listen, man, life is hard, but we are here to help you. And so I hope you enjoy today's message. And man, our, our, our real prayer and our real hope is that, that the message today will help you take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, to all you fathers out there, happy Father's Day. Okay, that's, that's about all that you're going to get. <laughs> hey, I want to start today with a question. Here's the question. What would you do if you knew you could get away with it? Have you seen that there's these surveys out there, and, and they're, they're terrible. They're depressing. They're terrifying. They're, they're scary. But if, if you really think about this question, I mean, if you take it seriously and you answer with 100% honesty, what does it do? It exposes your heart. It exposes what's inside. See, our hearts are exposed. And, and here's the thing, and, and, and you already know this is, this is not new information, but your, your life, childhood, culture, we're taught, we're actually taught from an early age to monitor our behaviors, our actions, to, to keep and maintain the outside, but, but we're rarely taught anything about monitoring or maintaining our hearts. In fact, culture encourages you to follow your, hey, would you just follow your heart? Well, I mean, is that a good idea? I mean, should you follow your heart? It depends on What's in there? We're in part two, week two of a conversation, a message series that we're calling Unclean. How to say no to the emotions that compete for control. In this conversation, it's all about the heart. What's happening inside? What's going on in you at your core? And last week, we looked at this crazy conversation that Jesus had with these religious leaders Matthew, he recorded it, and it, it's one of those things like, is this really in the Bible? And it is, and Matthew recorded it, and we, we find it in Matthew 15. And Jesus says, don't you see that everything that enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out the body? And you're like, okay, is Jesus really doing bathroom humor? It goes in, it comes out. We see that, I get that, I see that every day. And then Jesus says, pay attention, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. He says they originate from within, from inside, from inside of you, from inside of me, from the heart. And Jesus says these things that, that come from the heart, he says this is where you got to pay. Those are the things that make someone unclean. Now, this word unclean, it, it, it means like defile, or, or really what it means is it puts you at odds with God. It puts you at odds with others. It, it breaks, it destroys or breaks relationships. And the big idea that Jesus is trying to express is that your heart, my heart, what's inside of you, what's inside of me, it's showing. Your heart is leaking. Your heart is 
overflow. There's an overflow of the heart, and your, your heart is showing in your actions and my actions, your behavior, your actions, they actually begin in the heart. And Jesus says the evil thoughts come out of a person's hearts. And he says, so does murder and adultery and other sexual sins. And so do stealing and false witness and telling lies about others. And so do greed and anger and deceit and immorality and theft and arrogance and bad judgment. These actions, these behaviors come from the heart. They come from within. And Jesus Jesus says to you, and he says, he says, these are the things that make you unclean. These are the things that defile, defile you. These are the things that put you at odds with God or put you at odds with other people. Have you ever wondered why a seemingly nice person will suddenly do a horrific thing? Or maybe you're dating someone who on occasion says or does something well, out of character. Like, wow, that was just so out of character especially under pressure or under stress. You know, you, you should pay close attention when, when they say something like this. Well, I, I just don't know where that came from. That was just so out of character. You're like, well, actually, I do. It, it came from within. It came from deep inside of you. It came from the heart. Now, now check, check this out. Let me grab this here. This, this here. Ooh, hungry? Anyone? Anyone? Now, I, I want you to know uh, something here. If you, if you look at this, and uh, if, if I shake this container, or if I tilt this container, or, I, or even if I were to tilt it and pour out this container, doing that does not determine what comes out, right? Shaking it, pouring out. What determines what comes out? What's already in there, in this case jelly beans, determines what comes out. What's in there determines what comes out. And the same is true with you, and the same is true with me. When we get shaken or tilted or put under pressure and there's stress and anxiety, when the heat of life turns up, what is exposed? Our hearts are exposed. What's inside is what comes out. In fact, Solomon in the Old Testament, first part of the Bible before Jesus, he, he, he had this advice, Proverbs chapter 4, Verse 23, he says, listen, above all else, guard your heart for what everything you do flows from it. What's in here, what's in your heart will eventually make its way out. And that's just the truth. And it's true of you, it's true of me, it's true of everyone. What our parents carried in their hearts spilled out on you and me. And what's in your heart spills out on those closest to you, those around you every single day. Solomon says, guard your heart above all else because everything you do, it flows from it. It comes from it, spills out from it. And here's the thing about guarding your hearts. Guarding your heart involves cleaning out toxins as well as keeping them out. There's a cleaning out process and also a keeping out process. And today, I want to talk about a toxin, and it gets into our hearts, and it fights for control. And if it's left unchecked, it sets us up for failure. 
relationally, professionally, financially. And here's the toxin I want to attack today, guilt. The emotion associated with acknowledging that we have done something wrong. Now, there's different types of guilt. There's false guilt. It's when you feel guilty without actually being guilty. But today, I want to focus on guilt you feel because you are guilty. You have actually hurt someone or you've wronged someone. And you rehearse it in your mind. And and if you're not careful, it begins to define you. And there's a guilt so bad that you don't feel it, but every once in a while it tries to come up to the surface and you, and you shove it down and, and you retreat to the narrative you always tell yourself, well, what? I mean, it wasn't my fault, or, or you know, I was only 21, or I was only 25, and I, had, I, I, mean, I just had too much to drink, or, or, or he talked me into it. And, and you blame and you create a narrative to distance yourself. But, but here's the thing about guilt. Denying it or being defined by it empowers it. It gets hold of you. It it throws you off balance. It seeks to control, and it seeks to control your heart. And what happens is guilt creates this debt-debtor relationship. It's a a debt-debtor relationship, which which is obviously a a financial term. But but we, we take something from, or so we owe, right? Like, oh, it's a debt. We, in fact, we say things like this. Well, I owe her an apology. I don't know how I can make it up to them. See, these are financial. This is a debt debtor. And, and I experience, and you experience guilt. And, and, and it's like a weight. It's like a burden. It, it, it's like a weight. And the, and the weight, the burden of it throws you off, and it throws off your your balance, and it affects your reactions, it affects your compassion, it affects your relationships and your parenting, it affects your ability to forgive. And that's why when we get rid of it, we feel better or we feel lighter. Like we say things like this, I feel like a weight has been lifted off of me. See, guilt is a weight that we carry everywhere. You, you may have picked it up at work, but you take it home. You, you may have picked it up in college, but you take it into the next season of your life. You may have picked it up on a business trip, but it travels with you. And if you carry it or bury it, it eventually evolves into angry, anger. And you're angry with yourself, but your anger leaks. It leaks out. And you've disappointed you, but you're constantly disappointed with the people around you. You don't live up to your own expectations, and now nobody can live up to your expectations. See, guilty people rarely make this connection. They, they put their finger on the source. They never put their finger on the source of their fury, and their failures disappear into the recesses of their hearts while everyone else's failures are plain to see. I mean, let's be real here. Do you ever find yourself mad or angry at a loved one and you don't know why? Like, why am I yelling? Why am I yelling at my kids? Now, keeping it real, I mean, this is in my face and in your face. Those of us who refuse to face it, we do so for a good reason. See, we we shove it down because to face it, to embrace it, means that we are condemned. It means that we're guilty. And if we're condemned, there's no recourse. We can't undo. We can't unsay. See, you, you, you can't unleave. You can't be un, unfaithful. You can't undrink. 
You can't unwork too much. You, you can't do it again. You, you can't return to your kid's childhood. You can't uncheat. You can't get those words back. You can't unpost. So what do you do? What do I do? You, you should create a narrative. You, you create a story and you move on. Except you can't do that either because the past wasn't designed to be left behind. Well, the good news is enter Jesus. And he says, hey, you don't have to be defined by it, and you don't have to deny it. In fact, Jesus offers up a third option. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, who we talk about all the time, because of his story, because of his guilt, this was a big deal. This is why Paul gets it. This is why Paul feels it. His regret, his guilt, it's not some kind of theory. For Paul, this is real. And these are the words he penned to the church, Romans 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. Your past, neither forgotten nor condemning, rather, it's faced, it's embraced, but not erased. It's faced, embraced, but not erased. He says, you're not going to, for those of For those who are in Christ Jesus, those willing to face, face the truth about themselves, to admit, to acknowledge to God, to receive His grace, there's no condemnation. Well, how? Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And Paul is saying, in Jesus, there is freedom. Now, if you're carrying guilt... If you're carrying shame, if you feel like you're a mess, listen up. Paul is trying to get your attention. He says, verse 3, For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His Son into the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. God did by sending His Son through Jesus. At the cross, Jesus took what you and I actually deserve on Himself. Divine condemnation, self-condemnation, all condemnation. He says, bring your guilt, bring your junk with your eyes wide open, without any stories, without any excuses, without any narratives. And together, we will all agree, you are guilty. You broke their heart. You lied to get your way. You were irresponsible with your body. You knew better, but you did it anyway. You were wrong. Let's own it. You are guilty, but not condemned. Jesus says, I don't see you that way. Jesus looks at you and says, when I see you, I don't see that. And so he condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Here's the big idea. God chooses to see you and love you as if it never happened. You are guilty because you did it, but not condemned because Jesus took your condemnation. And this is a big deal. Here's the great news. This is a core message of Miami Church. And if, if, we, if we get this, if we believe this, if we understand this, if we live this, this is the difference. There's major implications to this. Uh, One of the implications is this. If you really get this, you you forfeit the right to condemn yourself because you are not yours to condemn. Paul says you're not your own. You were bought with a price. Guilt and condemnation 
will not control you. They will not rule in your heart. When you come to realize the God who created you has forgiven you, you realize you lose the right not to forgive yourself. When you come to realize that the God who created you no longer holds your past against you, you will find the freedom to no longer hold your past against yourself and you find peace with yourself. There is no condemnation. This is a game changer. Yes, I'm guilty, but not condemned. I have no right to condemn myself. Another implication. Your guilt will remind you it will not define you. It will remind you it will not refine Yes, you did it. But you are not what you did. Your past is a reminder to look up to God in gratitude. It's why every week we celebrate communion. We slow down. We remember. We, we celebrate. We recalibrate. We focus. We confess. We remember that through Jesus, we are guilty but not condemned. Those who are forgiven much, love much. Another implication is that you forfeit the right to condemn others. You forfeit the right to seize others up to write them off, to judge them, to, to condemn others. See, if you get this, you're perfectly positioned to love the unlovable. You're perfectly positioned to forgive the unforgivable. You have freely received, so now you can freely give. Church, this is what changes the world. This is our core message. This must be the posture of our church. Another implication is this. You are free to make restitution without expectations and without excuses. See, the, the, the message of Jesus is love as you have been loved. And God humbled himself and gave to the guilty. How can we do less for those we have hurt? I mean, your restitution, your apology, your humility, your willingness to take responsibility for your actions may unlock the bitterness that's eating somebody alive from the inside. I mean, is there somebody waiting for you to make the first move? Is your pride keeping you from making the first move? Is pride in control? See, Jesus humbled himself for you and for me, and now it's your turn. Are you ready to stop with the stories and the excuses? It's time to get honest with God and with others. Hear it. I want you, I want you to say this out loud. I, I, you want to, my past will remind me it will not define me. Say it out loud. Say it with me. My past, it will remind me, but it will not define me. Come on, people. Like you mean it. My past, it will remind me. It will not define me. And some of you need to write this down. You need to declare it. You need to say it out loud. You need to look at it every day. My past, it will remind me. It will not define me. Guilt, get out of my heart. You will not control me. Friends, if you're having a hard time forgiving yourself, here is the great news. You have already been forgiven. There is no condemnation to those of you who are in Christ Jesus. God did what you can't do. My past will remind me. It will not define me. It will remind me to look up to God in gratitude each day and to say thank you. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for taking all my junk and all my sin and all my shame and all my guilt. Thank you for taking that on you. It will remind me, but it will not define me. That is not who I am in Jesus. I am not defined by that. It will not control me. I'm going to live the life I was called to live on purpose with purpose for a 
purpose, friends, there is freedom, there is life, there is hope, there is restoration and healing through the power of Jesus. And God, I pray that we will experience that even today. God, there's someone that's listening to my voice right now, God, who is just overcome by guilt. And God, yeah, they're guilty. They've hurt people. They've done wrong things. They've made bad decisions. God, there is a trail in the past. It is true, God, but, but you look at us and say, yes, you're guilty, but you are not condemned through the power of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, through the body of Jesus. We have freedom. And so, friends, I pray that you would, would reach out and accept that today. I pray that you would, would take his hand as he reaches towards you. Would you would take his hand and say, God, I want to receive. I want to receive hope and forgiveness and, and, and healing and restoration through you. Your past will define you. Well, your past will remind you it will not define you. And God, I thank you that through the power of Jesus, there is hope and healing today. And I pray in his name, amen. Thanks so much for listening today. We would love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us on our social media channels or send us an email at hello at mymychurch.com. Also, be sure to subscribe because you don't want to miss out on any future conversations. I hope our time together inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey.